Ladies and gentlemen, as most of you are listening to this episode or about to, you might be doing a million different things. I highly recommend, please save this episode for when you can be fully present. I don't ever go into episodes with this context, but I just know going into this conversation as one that you want to be fully present. Don't be multitasking. Save it for a later date. And if you are ready to drop in and you are ready to fully give 110% of your attention to this episode, then please continue on with us. With that being said, Danny, in your bio, go inward to find the truth. Give me a recent example where you had to do this and what did you discover? <sighs> Big dogs started the podcast with, I love you, man. I, <laughs> I love you too. I, I kid you not. I don't, I've never given that, that, that context before the episode started. We haven't even got in, but I just know this is one of those conversations that be present. Don't just passively consume it. So I'm, I'm very excited for this. I'll answer the question, but I have one for you. Why start the episode like that? Because I'm guilty of it, of passively consuming content. Like it's, uh, I forget what people phrase it as, like um, uh, knowledge porn, or I forget that there's a there's a term out there where people just talk about content. Oh, uh, knowledge masturbation or something like that. I've been hearing a lot more of, and I've long story short, I have been guilty in my past trying to juggle two things at once. I can kill two birds, one stone. I can listen to this podcast and work on this. And it is such a difference when I actually just commit to listening and maybe going for a walk or just not trying to do something that my brain needs to actively try to figure out a problem. So I just know our relationship, our conversations that we've had that just be present for this, please. And I, I promise those listening, it will not be a waste of your time. I love that. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so it, a situation that has led to me going inward to find the truth or an example of that was the question, right? Mm -hmm. Dude, even meditating this morning, um, actually meditating yesterday, I meditated for 20 minutes. I was really enjoying the experience, but knew that there was more for me to uncover and unpack. And so after the 20 minutes was up, I set the timer again for 20 minutes. Mm. And after that timer was up, I was like, there's still more. And so I <laughs> set the timer again for 20 minutes. And so I ended up doing a 60-minute meditation. I wasn't planning on it, but it helped me process things around um, a situation with a girl that was really helpful for me to really sit with and be like, how am I responsible for creating the situation? What can um, I do in the future, how can this loop or this, this process be closed? And I was really sitting with that and going through the scenarios and helping myself see how my patterns were related to things that I did in college. So it was really cool for me and really wow. helpful. I'm curious. I think this is probably something that you've learned, right? Where most people, when that, that type of, um, moment happens where they real have a realization or there's something that they, they need to work through instead of sitting with it and fully yeah. being in it, we distract ourselves. We pull out our cell phone, we go head down on work, we rationalize that we need to go do something else and we keep prolonging and prolonging and it sits in the back of our mind and it marinates and it becomes honestly something bigger and it just, it's doing us no justice to avoid it. But you are like, nah, 20 more minutes. And then 20 more minutes, like you are fully allowing yourself to sit in it regardless of what was coming up 
where have you learned that? Or how have you learned to just give yourself like, I need to sit in this, even if I have a million different things that I should be, I have to focus on later today. Yeah. I think that it's such a good question, man. I think that I have enough examples of it in my own life of me sitting with it and it leading to an outcome that is me showing up more present or me showing up with more love or me. It's like going to the gym. Like you go to the gym enough times and you're like, okay, I know this is painful in the moment, but this is really helpful to how I want to show up with my body. And I've seen that with my mind and my emotions just as much. Mm. And so the thing that would have scared me, the, the insecurities that would have scared me today, I'm like, show me where I'm not free. Show me the places that I'm repeating old patterns that I don't want to repeat anymore. Show me all of it because I know it actually has no bearing on my soul. Mm. It actually is when I face it, it actually makes me better. So I want to see that. I want to go there. I want to take the time to, to understand myself deeper. And, and so because I've dealt with the pattern so many times and seen so many of mine and overcome so many, now when I see one, I'm excited instead of <laughs> fearful. Yeah. Well, there's a, uh, I need to look up the statistics on uh, the facts of, this, of the study. I heard it a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. I've heard it multiple times, but uh, the study talks about how uh, you know, I don't know, a thousand people were surveyed and most people would rather be shocked five times in a row than to just sit with their own thoughts, Yeah, which I think is honestly so crazy to me that we, you know, my, I myself have been down the meditation rabbit hole since probably fall of 2015, early 2016, wow. listening to School Greatness podcast. And I just like, I've, I've learned how to develop that muscle to just sit and be, but it, it really opens my eyes of how many people are afraid to just be in their own head. Yeah, it, it's, it's wild. And when I think back to my college days and I think back to you know, how many people are reliving those days of when I was uncomfortable to sit in my own head or the beginning days to my meditation journey, like I, I just have so much compassion for people and it helps explain so many of the the ways in which people react or respond without even realize they're reacting. So because of that, um, because of having the experience of not living in um, wanting to understand myself better, not sitting in silence to witness a greater voice come out that's not my own, like because of that, because I've had the experience, I have so much compassion for people who are trying to zap themselves yeah. with the other things in life. Because let's be honest, fitness can be a zap for sitting, not sitting with ourselves. Um, going to the bar is like the obvious example, but like it could happen in the quote unquote positive way too. So to me, I think it's the most important thing anyone can do is really understanding themselves at a deep level so that when they go to the gym, it's coming from a place of, I want more for my life instead of like, I am doing this to avoid the being called this, being called fat or being called too skinny or whatever it is. So, yeah. yeah. One thing I've been hearing more from you uh, in the last couple of months, even talking to you right before we started this podcast, the word free, mm. I feel like has really been something I've been hearing you and seeing you talk about more than ever. And I never really thought that when I hear free, I always thought of financial freedom or time freedom, right? To be able to do the things that I want when I want, but I think you are taking it to a deeper level. Can you explain kind of how you define freedom or free to be free today? 
in part two of that, how can people adapt that and, and make their themselves be more free? Yeah. I tweeted a Peter Crone quote about freedom recently um, that I can't remember in this moment, but I'm free to look it up if I want. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Well, if you want is, to pull it up, please do. Yeah, I do want please to pull do. it up because, because it hit me in that moment. And it, it just was like, holy smokes, this is the best definition of freedom that I've experienced. And freedom has come about in my life because of Peter Crone and thinking about his work, which has impacted me deeply, as I was telling you about before. But freedom is having nothing to hide and nothing to prove. And I mean, if you really think about that, like freedom is having nothing to hide and nothing to prove. If I was in this moment being like, okay, I need to prove to Bobby that my memory is, is amazing, or I can't hide the fact that I'm, I don't remember this quote, like that would create a different energy than me saying in this moment, I truly don't remember. And so let me look it up real quick, right? Like you could see the difference and you could feel the difference with someone who wants to be like, uh, like I just tweeted this thing and I don't remember. And like, now no one's going to think I'm serious about the things that I do. Like you could create this whole story really quickly, but freedom is having nothing to hide and nothing to prove. Like when you're in the presence of somebody who has that energy, you feel what, what, what do you feel, Bobby, when you're talking to someone who has nothing to hide and nothing to prove? One word comes to my mind is authenticity. Mm. And, and how do you feel in your body when you experience that? Calm, accepted, welcomed, mm-hmm. warm. Yeah. I, I feel, uh, I mean, I already, I really do my best to be authentic, but I feel even more permission to just be unapologetic who I am. Or I feel permission to go deeper with that individual and to skip the surface level and get right into kind of who they are, even if I'm meeting them for the first time. Yeah, I, that's so well said. I mean, the word that comes to mind for me is peace. When, oh. when you're... <laughs> Jeff's love kiss. That love that word. <laughs> right? And so when you're in the presence of somebody who is free, the opposite person responds with peace. And peace is the truest expression of who they are, authenticity. And so it, it's when it really hit me that the people who are free and people who are who are giving attributes of of freedom are the people that I want to associate with that I want to gravitate towards because that's in our, our all of ours inherent nature is to have freedom to be free it's how we came onto this earth with freedom and so to reconnect with that is to look at the lies that we've been told and that we now believe about ourselves like I am not love, or I am judging this person. Like those are lies that you are now believing because you've given yourself some justification for believing them. And when I have sat with all of the lies that I've looked at, uh, that I believe about myself or have believed about myself and realized that looking at them has made me a a person who is more free. It has made me just want to do that more and more and help people experience that more and more. So that's kind of my take on freedom. Yeah, I've never even thought about it, but as children, that's when we're the most free. We mm-hmm. just get up and chase towards the thing that we want to do. We build the Lego, we paint the picture. There's literally no attachment to any expectation, anyone's opinion, other than to just freely chase and do the thing that we're so curious and entertained to do. And we lose that through as we get older and society and opinions and we listen to what people are saying or we 
we go towards the path that everyone's following, but we really want to go a different direction. Like, I think the thing that comes up for me is like, even in high school, I, wanted, I was in a video class and I wanted to take the second one, but none of my friends were doing it. And I didn't feel judged, but I, w- I didn't do it because all my friends were taking another class, right? So if I gave myself to follow that curiosity, curiosity to be more free, I wouldn't have even thought twice. I would have went all in on the video class. And then a decade later, here I am in the video world without even knowing it. So it's something to be said about truly giving yourself that permission to be free and learning how to let go of all that inner chatter, narrative, storytelling, and just be. And I think the example that you gave is so profound. And I think it's worth asking yourself, if you're listening to this, is like, where in my life am I making the decision that I actually don't want to make to appease someone else? Mm. That's such a powerful question because you can see a moment where it's literally like at the grocery store or it's doing a specific type of workout at the gym or it's going out to the bar with your friends when you don't want to. And if you could witness those and see those of like, okay, how do I feel after this interaction? And what's the difference? I would imagine you would feel a difference of you taking the video class that you wanted to take versus the one that your friends were taking. It's like, there is a difference in that energy and that energy is owning your truth. Yeah. So I think it's, it's really important to look at. Yeah. Uh, outside looking at, I feel like I would love to get your perspective on how this year you changed your mindset around money. Mm. The reason I ask is outside looking in, I've seen the art of interviewing get published that in of itself to like launch your first digital product and like put a price tag, regardless of the price is a process. Uh-huh. I won't give too much uh, details because I don't know how public you want this to be, but like even receiving the email for your February um, retreat, uh, treat, which I'm first off honored to even have received that. Um, I was honestly so excited to kind of see the outline and even like the price to it. And I was like, damn right, Danny, this is what you should be charging because of the experience, the container you're going to create. Mm-hmm. So I was proud to see that. But I know for most, including myself, like there's a lot of inner working that has to go, you have to go through to get to a place where you can say, hey, this is what I'm charging. This is what I'm worth. If you're in, let's go. If not, all good. So what has that process or journey been like for you this year? Dude, I'm so happy you asked this because this has been one of the most recent places and one of the most important places where I've realized my lack of freedom and stepping into a newfound freedom for myself. In my head, I was so uncomfortable with the idea of being judged by the people closest to me about what they would say if I was putting a value on some of the things that I do. Mm. And and what really unlocked this for me, there it's been a, a journey and evolution, but I will say like I listened to this audiobook Prosperity Consciousness by this dude Frederick Lehrman and the first half of it, there were so many things that unlocked in my head. One of the big ones initially was the thought of like, someone put in your head that you shouldn't take money from strangers. So you have this belief that don't take things from strangers is like a, a belief that everyone could be like, yeah, like I remember hearing that. I can think that like if someone, a stranger comes up to you, like you wouldn't accept that. And then at the same time, we also have this belief that we've ingrained, like don't accept money from friends. And so 
I'm sitting here with both of these beliefs, believing both are true, that I shouldn't accept money from strangers or I shouldn't accept things from strangers and also that I shouldn't accept money from friends. So you're sitting there like, oh my God, I did believe both of those things were true. And if that is both true, then how do I make money? <laughs> and the answer is you don't. If, <laughs> you're like, it's like, it's so, once you see it, you're like, oh wow, all the things that I believe are things that just were implanted in my brain, some without, some without my permission, and I've chosen to believe them. And they're so foundational that it's like, they're so deep within them. Mm. So that was like a huge realization for me. And I started laughing at that. And I know something got released when I processed that and understood that. And there were so many other incredible learnings from prosperity consciousness. You can find it on Amazon, I think for like 12 bucks. But such a valuable resource that once I I went through it, I was like, okay, what would the most free version of myself charge? And what would they create? And oh my God. And so like seeing all that and seeing it so clearly, and then also acting like what would, if I was a, a video game character, or if I was a fictional character, what would I charge? Mm. Right? Like putting yourself in the shoes of not yourself, but like the person that you would like to be. And you might be that person right now, but the person you are today is blocked for some reason. And so I like to say, step into a new version. Step into like, if you were a third person looking at this, if, if I was guiding myself, how would I guide myself? And so I've kind of used all of that to become more free in money problems. Man, that's beautiful. I'm absolutely gonna have to read that. I think that's been a big that's been a big bucket that I've been working on for the last 12 to 16 months. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that's allowed me to be more free and putting a price tag towards my value and what I can offer is knowing that I'm not forcing anyone to do it. Like if it's pitching the brand partnership, here's the rate. If it's somebody that wants to join a one-on-one -on -one coaching capacity, here's the price. There's no like follow-up on like, do you want to move forward or not? It's like balls in your court. So I think it's just recognizing like, you can put a price tag towards the value you're offering and know that if it's not right for someone and they don't see the value in it, all good. But if they do and they see it and feel it, let's, let's, let's move forward with it. Absolutely. And also, no one is judging you for putting a high price tag on anything. No. Right? If you see a high-priced car and you don't buy the car, you're not like, screw this person, <laughs> screw this car company. You're just yeah. like, that's not for me in this moment. Yeah, And seeing that was so helpful for me because seeing my own behavior when I see things that are out of my budget in this moment, yeah. I have no judgment towards the person. I've, I've just, or, or the company, I just say to myself, that's not for me in this moment. Mm. So, so powerful. Yeah. Um, with the art of, uh, with the, with the art of interviewing, right. You're, uh, you're teaching people how to lead world-class interviews, but I'm more curious is how has your empathy for others evolved over the course of 400 plus podcasts at this point? Dude, you just see the world from so many different angles. Mm. You see like, wow, this person is dealing with X and this person's dealing with Y and this person says this is the thing that they're struggling with. And this is the, like you see, the more perspectives you have, the more you can hold space for all of it. Hold space for and understand people's problems. So you talk to more people, you get more empathetic by nature of you speaking to more people because you're not on the island anymore. You're 
within the world. You're of the world in some sense. Yeah. And talking to so many people has allowed me to, and, and honestly, just from communicating with people outside the podcast as well, that like the more people you speak to and the more you try to hold space or put yourself in those people's shoes, the n- more natural you're going to say, it's okay. And like, I understand because I've seen this issue with X, Y, or Z person. So yeah, it's made me so much more empathetic. And I think if somebody is struggling with that themselves, I would say, try to speak to three people a day and see how that changes within a week. Like try to give people your energy, your presence, your love, your willingness to listen for three people a day. Like how would that change the world? How would that change each other? How would that change your own perspective? So yeah, Yeah. that's a very important practice. I feel like I used to be someone that would easily judge others. And I think through the process of the consistent art of podcasting, or honestly, back to when I was driving Uber full-time, I really learned to see people for who they were and recognize that they are only just a product of their environment. And that doesn't give them, that doesn't give them the right to be, you know, uh, to do things that are inappropriate, harmful. It, It doesn't excuse them, but it's just, once again, peace. It gives me so much peace when I see someone for who they are and I understand that they are the way they are because of the environment they were raised. And it has allowed me to navigate challenging conversations, personal things, relationships, friendships. Like it's allowed me to honestly approach it so so much more gracefully and not being so in my head of like, why are they this way? Why don't they understand? Why doesn't it click? I would never do this. It's like, whoa, let me put myself in their shoes. What if I was raised in that environment? What if I was around those types of people? Like I just, I have, I just allows me to have that empathy and just so much more understanding for them. If you had the same genes and the same environment as that person, you would act exactly the same as that person. Yeah. And that is a very sobering realization. And, you know, it's so cool to witness this within you because I'll see you we go out for breakfast and it's like you're making deep conversation with someone just like about their shirt and like mm. really giving them your presence and your energy and your um and just like that could be that cashier's 5 minutes of his day that could like make his shift mm. to just really give someone the essence of like you're special by virtue of me just interacting and i i want to give my energy to you in this moment yeah. and so I pointed that out to you when you did it and I, you know, it definitely, it stopped me because I was like, the world would be such a sweeter place if we all did this yeah. in every moment. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're all so busy and we're all of this and that. And it's like, but are you really witnessing the creation of what's happening in front of you? Mm. Are you like, and you were in that moment and you are someone who does that constantly. So just want to tip my cap for you for, from being someone who said at one point, yeah, I'm judgmental to now like, open-hearted everything to everyone you interact with. Very special. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, I'm curious where that comes from within me. And I, I, I want to say, not on top of like the whole, this whole like personal journey the last six, eight years, um, I think a lot of it comes from subconsciously when I was driving Uber. Yeah. There were those days where people kind of just got in my car and treated me like I was like their private driver and just like could t- like, treat me and talk to me. Like I understood you're paying for the service and I have to get you from point A to point B. But honestly, like the way in which some people treated me, I was like, you are 
in that moment in time, I, I don't look at it like that, but like, you're a piece of shit. Like, I don't yeah, care like that you're paying for this ride. Like, like I'm a human being, you know, like people would get in my car and just start making a mess eating. And I'm just like, do you, are you not aware that you should probably just be asking like, is it okay to eat? But also to flip it back on, and the last thing I'll say is too, is like, not only, not only uh, that, but then kind of this idea of like how, I don't think about it on a daily basis, but to me, it's like, how can I make today great? And today, great doesn't necessarily mean like productivity and like crossing off the to-do list, but it's how can I make the experience of today become something special? And like, yeah, that example, when we were grabbing breakfast, I'm not even thinking about it, but I just recognize like this guy probably gets a thousand orders and not a single person is going to really dive in. And it's like, you know, can I create that experience for not only him, but then for myself uh, where we can really remember it. But to flip that, I know you're the same way. When we were talking about when you were traveling for, um, I think I don't know, I wasn't going to the marathon. I think it was something else. But you were like talking about how you were talking to the people um, going through TSA and how they're like on their honeymoon. And it's like, but that's that little moment, Danny, that makes the difference because most people are just standing right in front of each other, never going to say a word, strangers. And how much differently would it, our day and lives be if part of our experience was to like have that little conversation while we're waiting in line instead of being head down in our phone. So I want to applaud you as well for, for creating that experience that I know is having an impact on others as well. I appreciate you saying that. And also it's not going, you're not going to create a connection every moment, you know, and being okay with that. And you're not going to make someone's day in every moment. And someone's not ready to hear sometimes or be present with you. And in the example of going through TSA, the honeymoon, it's like that couple was like, they were very stressed out and they did not want to talk to me. And I was comfortable after five minutes, just letting them be in their own world because like, that's okay too. But I am happy that the bid for connection was made because you don't know what can happen when you make the bid for connection. Mm. That's a good line. (laughs) It is a good line. Um, Two signs that you know, and I'm sure you can agree with this, that the podcast episode with a guest is a success is one, that will say, how did you know that? Or two, they'll say, that's a really great question, right? Mm. And I love, I've seen a couple tailor, uh, trailers or clips of you cutting that from guests, which to me is like, it's just like when you see it, especially in the visual of like somebody's just like waiting and they're like waiting to hear the question. Then they're like, wait a second, hold on. Like you can feel it, right? Other than being prepared, right? Why is is going to that level so important to you? Hmm. I think it's because that is how you connect before you're actually in front of the person. That is how you show them, I care about you, mm-hmm. I love you, and I want the best for you. We got Bobby snapping in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love it. It's like the connection doesn't just begin when you're there in front of the person. The connection is also, what are you doing before? Why are you having this person on your show? What is it about this person that how can you show this person love before you're even in the same room as them? And in that moment, the reason those responses fill people with so much joy in the comments as well as the guests themselves is because everyone realizes I am loving this person in this moment. And that's why it feels so good to watch a Nardwar interview because you're like, Nardwar loves the guest. And when the person loves the guest, we love Nardwar, and we also love the fact that a connection is happening in this moment. We love the surprise. We love 
the how the person is connecting to their own childhood in that moment or their own experiences in that moment. And we just love it all. Yeah. And it makes us feel great. And so that's why it's so important. And I've started in the last couple of months, I've because I felt an increase in my own freedom, I've said to myself, how could I play with not uh, preparing as much for these episodes? Like, will I be more present? Will it change the interaction in some way that is positive that I don't know? And how can I trust myself to just be here now to experience this person as they are right now instead of any agenda that I want to get to? But now I'm saying to myself, let me go deeper in the preparation because I really enjoyed it. And, and so playing with it all and not giving myself the, you need to do this, you need to do that. You need to just like, let me, what would this look like for a few months? And what would this look like? And so right now I'm going to enter into a season of more preparation. But for some of the episodes in the past two months, three months, I've prepared zero and they've been amazing. But also I could see how they could be even more amazing with more preparation. Mm. First off, I love that you gave yourself that permission to just test and try and see what would happen. And I'm curious what it will look like, you know, in the coming weeks, in the coming months. But I feel like that's been always, that's always the pug, the tug and pull of podcasting is doing the research, but not allowing yourself to feel like you need to prepare so much and just like being fully present. And I feel like what happens is you, from all the research is giving you so much context of the individual that you can be fully present and navigate the conversation with them, but then also having these cues and these things you can pull from that directly relate to them, which creates this incredible experience, which is literally like the key to unlocking them to just like the doors are opening, the butterflies are flying. They are just like, Danny, I want to give you everything I've got. I want to dive into the things I've never talked about. So it's, it's definitely a balance, but, um, I think that's beautiful that you that you just gave yourself that permission to just like test and see where the conversation would go. Yeah. And I think it's the balance between preparation and presence that yes. we're all we're all thinking about in all moments whether we're a podcast host or not. Yeah. How much should I prepare for this thing and how present should I be for this thing that I'm going through? Yeah. And it's think about like marathon training, right? Like you're you're preparing so much so that you can be present in the moment to experience what you're about to experience. Yeah. Think about, you know, when you're applying for a job and it's like, okay, you're preparing for the job description so that you can be as present as possible. It's it's a balance we all have to think about in all moments. And I think it's different for everyone and it's important to think about in general. I appreciate it. Right before we jumped into this, I asked Danny, what's what's one thing I can do to make sure this conversation is great and you know, an experience that you really appreciate. And all he said was just be present. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm going to do. By the time this episode is live, it's currently, if you're hearing it on the live day, it's January 2nd. We're actually recording this December 17th. So I kind of love the lead, the lead time. But what's so special about today is that yesterday would have been the new year, January 1. And you have an episode with Mike Posner that is live, um, which I know is a guest that has been on your radar for quite some time since you started the podcast. But I'm, what I'm more curious about for you to share is people are going to see that episode. They're going to see a lot of promo. They're going to see the excitement from you. What's the 99% of the journey that the most people won't see from this episode? What have you had to fight through? What have been kind of those moments that kind of really 
like hit home because I know it's a really special episode for you as every episode is, but there's always those ones where it's like, you've been thinking about it for a long time. What are most people not seeing with this episode rolling out for you? Holy smokes. I mean, most people won't see in August or September of 2019, October of 2019, me rolling around my bed and just not being able to get up, not being able to be like, okay, I'm excited for the day. Um, they, w- they won't see when my mom sends me a Mike Posner song the same days and weeks that I'm replaying, keep going on repeat. And that connection of like, oh, wow, like maybe every moment does have meaning. Like that little just like spark. You know when you get those little like, you get the synchronicities, but you're not looking for them and you're not aware that they exist. And you're, you're just like, wow, like that one moment shows me that there's meaning in everything. Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm listening to keep going nonstop and my mother, who knows that I'm going through a difficult time, but has no idea that I'm listening to Mike Poser in this moment, sends me a Mike Poser song. To me, that was just like, wow, like that's special. Um, they, they won't see me thinking about, you know, like... I get the chance to to interview someone who impacted my journey at such a deep level and who really just when I'm and so I open the podcast by talking about you know like your music has played a transformational role in my life and what is a piece of music or a piece of art that has also played a similar role for you mm. when you're going through hard times and he recommends this song called The Blessing by um, you could just YouTube it. It's got like 98 or 99 million views. And he's like, yeah, I just play the blessing like three times a day. <laughs> and now I start listening to the blessing over and over and over again. And I'm so happy it started with that because that's going to be the part of the episode that people hear the most, mm-hmm. right? The beginning of the episode. And it's like the, an amazing song that I can't stop playing because it's so healing and it's so much love and it's so much peace and it's so much joy. And I am like, wow, what a special moment. So all of that, thank you for asking about it. And it's, it has been one of the most important. Um, and also they won't see, they won't see the, the fact that I had taken someone off a pedestal where if that episode happened six months ago or a year prior, I would have thought about Mike Posner as just somebody who was above me in some subtle way and some energy that he could have felt in that moment. And in today, or when we recorded it, I just felt such peace and such understanding that we are the same and that he is a Grammy-nominated artist who has had billions of streams and whatever, but like he's a human being who's on the path and I'm a human being who's on the path. And that inherently makes us the same. Mm -hmm. And we had such a beautiful conversation from that place of, looking at each other in our eyes, not looking up or looking down. And we had an instant connection of, oh, this is, this is a brother. You know, I, I felt that way. And it seemed like he felt that way as well. Like, oh, like this was supposed to happen at this time. And I feel so connected to this person. So that's my takeaways from interviewing one of my favorite people on this planet, Mike Posner. Wow. That's beautiful. I, I can't, I can't wait to actually hear the full episode. I'll share with this with this with you that I think you really love that goes in the same vein of just everything you just had on with Mike is I told you uh, I think briefly uh, a month before I moved out out of LA to Austin 
I'm on Abikini getting frozen yogurt with Kevin, who you met. And I see Mike Poser walking towards us. And I just like, I'm, it's not, I'm not, not going to say something. I said, I stand up and I just kind of go, Mike Posner comes over with the biggest smile on his face. And I just said, man, I, I, I said, I've been following you from the outside looking in for a near decade now. And I just appreciate so much the energy you put out to the world and the transformation that you've had. And I was giving him his roses. I, won't, I wasn't trying to put him on a pedestal, but I, what I really appreciated was how quickly he then responded and said, hey, like, I, I really appreciate that. But I want you to know that I'm not a god. Like I have my own like days that where I'm not feeling it. And just that, that response of like how quick he was to recognize, like, thank you, but also I'm the same as you. I just appreciated that so much because it made me once again, see him on a level eye to eye that we're the same people. And that, yes, I've seen him outside looking with all these accolades and all these amazing things. I could just feel it. And also just the way he gave us his time and was there for 10 minutes, just like casually having a conversation. It was it was really something special. So it's great to hear that um, not only was he being, you know, there's something about the mic in, in the studio and recording a podcast, right? But he was that same guy on the side of the road when nobody was watching and nobody was listening, nothing was being recorded. So it just speaks to, once again, how authentic and true he really is. And I end the podcast by making the assumption that people who come up to him are going to look at him on a pedestal and and I asked him about that and he was like, no, actually, like, I don't feel that at all. The people who come up to me today are people who are on the path, who are loving, who are kind, who don't look at me on a pedestal. And they're actually people who are just such deep human beings. Mm. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Because when he was putting out music to be a god, which was not his intention, I assume, but just to, when he was putting out music with ego, it created people who were loving his ego. Mm. And when he's creating music from the soul, now people who interact with him and come up to him are also likely coming from the soul. So it's so interesting how your fans, quote unquote, who appreciate you, who, they are just reflections of your own energy and the energy you're putting out. Because then I realized myself, like when people come up to me, they're often just human beings who I love, human beings who I could imagine being my friend, human beings who are just full of soul and energy and compassion and who are also on their path. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really cool reflection for people who are creating stuff and putting them out into the world. It's like, who are the people coming up to you and what are they like? Because that's you in some sense. Yeah. You're attracting who you are. You're putting out a mirror of what you're going to pull in. I want you to really, really imagine that March 2019 version of you that you just spoke on. Yeah. Because I've been there before and I think your new reality, I'm sure you have those days, it comes here and there, but your new reality is you're just like excited and grateful and present and like, I know it is a completely different world from you, but I know there's going to be at least one person that hears this, that that might be their present reality, right? Yeah. So if you had to think back where you are right now to that, that Danny in March in 2019, what are the steps that you're going to tell him? The short steps. I'm not, the, I'm, we don't need a 20 step process, but like what's those first two to three initial steps that Danny needs to take to get out of the funk? to start rebuilding the momentum in his life, to give him some, some, some excitement to be alive. Sure. 
Yeah. I separate my life into two categories. One is before I started meditating, and the second is after I started meditating. And <laughs> love that. Dude, it was that it's been that impactful to my life. And to have awareness of my own thoughts and to realize that I am not the thoughts that arise. Like, so the that and reading, if you start meditating and you start reading the surrender experiment and a new earth, the surrender experiment by Michael Singer. A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. If you read those two books and you start meditating 20 minutes in the morning, what I mean by meditation is you get a kitchen timer and you sit down with your back straight up outside of bed and close your eyes and just let whatever comes up, come up without, you can judge it if you want. You can be involved in the story. You don't have to let anything go. Just watch your thoughts for 20 minutes a day in an intentional way. If you do that for 90 days straight, and you read the books that I mentioned, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer, and I'll add Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It by Kamal Ravikant. If you do that, Danny from 2019, if you do that for 90 days straight, your life will be different. And so that's my recommendation. And um, that changed my life, that process. Man, I love uh, The Surrender Experiment, the opening of the book where he's talking about I'm writing this from 36,000 feet on a private jet and I don't know how I like how I got here. I forget the context of it, but man, what a phenomenal book. But I love that you went to meditation. That was the the ability to sit and just observe, right? That's that's the that's the secret sauce of the meditation. For those that don't understand it who have an experiment experiment of why am I going to sit in a room and how is being still going to unlock all this? It's you're going to learn how to compartmentalize your thoughts and recognize that what is coming up is not you. But what's coming up might be a good indication of what needs to be addressed, what needs to be worked on, what needs to uh, have some energy put towards. But it's not you. It doesn't define you. And I think when that meditation practice is what allows you to separate yourself from it instead of attaching your whole entire identity to those thoughts. Absolutely. And there's something to the consistency of doing it every day that's really powerful. And there's something to um, reading other people who are further along the journey and full of love and full of energy and full of peace is maybe the best way to put it. Uh, that, that to me was really impactful. And, and during that time, I was also doing yoga for the first time too. And I, I'd have to imagine that those three combined. And what was so crazy is that I was doing 75 hard at this time. and I was like, okay, if I'm going to do two workouts a day, which is part of the, the program, I'm going to need to have one of those be a recovery workout. And having one of those as a recovery workout, doing yoga, that opened up my body and opened up my soul in a way that otherwise I, I hadn't experienced thus far. And so I was doing everything that was leading me towards more freedom and more love. Mm. And that was just such a a powerful time in my life when I started to let go of the person who needed to go faster or just go, 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 or just hustle harder and you will get what you want. It's like, okay. I didn't even realize I was in that paradigm because I was never aware that I was in that paradigm and meditating and doing yoga and reading those books that I mentioned transformed everything and made me realize, oh, there's another way to get what you want. There's another way to exist in the world. 
And sometimes if we've never had those models to show, we don't even know it's possible. We are unconsciously incompetent for living a life that we want because we don't even realize it exists. Mm. So true. I think the and I think uh, I think the you know you can access the mental, physical, spiritual through running. I think mm. you can really hit it. Weightlifting, I've never to me it's really hard, but yoga has been the activity that I feel like I can really hit all three. And yeah, that's that's completely expanded my mind. But to run off to go to actually run off. Uh, pun intended, running. Three hours, 39 minutes, 22 seconds. Memphis Marathon. Um, I loved in the caption you had said on on your Instagram about it. The best decision I made in 2023, putting a race on my calendar. Mm. How did putting it on your calendar, regardless of where you were at as a runner, how was that the best decision? And how did that just force you to take action and be prepared for that singular moment? Yeah. Such a great question. When I started running, I, I said to myself, okay, this is fun and I enjoy this. And I started running a little bit. This was in, I think, uh, April or May. And I'm enjoying the process of running. But then I was like, I'm not training for anything. And then there's something that shifted in my brain when I realized, when my friend called me and was like, do you want to do this marathon? And it just so happened to be the same marathon, the only marathon that my dad ran 10 years prior. I was like, are you kidding me? Okay, that's a sign from God. And so let's put this race on my calendar, which was five months away. And I had it in my head for five or six months straight. I am running this race. And it's significant because my dad ran it as well. And it's significant because it's my first marathon ever. So let me train for it. Let me be prepared for that moment. So I got a coach. I never would have got a coach if I was just running for the sake of running. So when I got a coach, I committed to following his plan. And this man, I never met him in person, but he, this man is in my head. He is permanently ingrained because I'm like, all right, if Adam says to do this, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I'm doing these races, I'm doing these runs and I'm doing, um, you know, time trials and I'm just like going, going, going because I want to be as prepared as I possibly can before the date. And having those, having that date on the calendar just made me so much more willing to follow a plan that I, and, and so wait, now, now I'm thinking about like, how can we put a date on the calendar for meditation? What does that look like, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's like going to a 10-day Vipassana retreat. And it's like, okay, if you're going to go to a 10-day Vipassana retreat, you better be prepared to show up. And if you're not, so like for me, that's how my brain works. And I think that we would all benefit from putting a race on our calendar, whether that is in the business sense, whether that is in the spiritual sense, whether that's the physical sense, what does a race look like for your calendar? Mm. I just think the word itself, calendar, is what hits me so hard because that's so much of the things that I really try to preach. It's like, does your time align with your goals and your priorities in life? Because most times than not, it's not, which is why you're not seeing the result and the thing that you want. So when you put a date to it, whether it's the marathon, whether it's um, I'm going to start having more balance in my life, whether it is the meditation retreat, it's like it just forces it to be possible because there's no there's no longer this like I'm just going to keep pushing it off and pushing it off. It's like it has to happen because this is the damn date. So I think I think just creating it's almost like a sense of urgency of knowing that it's coming and I need to get this done. I have to put effort towards it because if not, I'm going to show up not prepared. I'm going to waste my time. I'm going to feel 
very disappointed in myself. It just creates that sense of just to do the thing. But I'm also curious, I want to get your take on, and I don't know if this was intentional, but Zach, it was also his first marathon. Did you guys form like an accountability partnership through this? Or I, I listened, I started listening to the, your guys' um, reflection episode. I didn't unfortunately get through the whole thing just yet, but I know he kind of signed up like within a month, I think out or something like that. But how did having someone that was essentially running the same race also become, you know, an accountable person for you? So it was so cool to do our first experience of a marathon together. Mm. And because he, he's been my friend for the past three years and we're really close. So for, he knew that I had this race on my calendar and around his birthday, October 31st is his birthday. And around his birthday, right before he was like, I want to do that race too. And so because I had done it, he, he also made it his first marathon. And that process of having that on his calendar started to change how he started running. And he only had a month of preparation, but he ran 120 miles in one month, whereas in the past months, he hadn't ran as much. And so that just goes to show like for him, having that race on the calendar made him more prepared as well. And it was just such an amazing experience to do something that has helped me so much running with someone who has been a friend for so long and to have that moment together of like, wow, like this was the start of a new chapter in our life. And we both did chapter one together. That's special. Yeah. This, um, this was something I wanted to chat with you about today. I don't know when it would come up, but you just segue so perfectly, right? What I'm really hearing is the importance of community, right? Uh, Nick Bear, I, I love his quote. Um, if you want, and I know he's quoted someone else, but I heard it from Nick Bear. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think, I think there was a short, I knew that was important community building, but I think there was like a short period in like 21, 2021, 2022, where I, I just felt this need that I need to do everything myself. And like, I just, I can do it. I can do it. And there was a text you sent me on April 14th, 2022. And you said, bro, I have a feeling we're on a, we're, we are on a similar place with our pods. I think we should do a weekly call to take ourselves to the next level. Wow. And I responded to it saying, um, there was something, a text before that I had missed. So I responded to the text and then I responded, I said, let's keep, let's keep an open communication going. I didn't directly say, yes, let's do this or no, but it was like, let's just keep this conversation going and like help each other out. But like, I was like, you know, we don't need to have like a call, a call on the calendar. Like, I don't want to waste Danny's time and we're both busy. Like what, what's the point? But Danny, like looking back on it, it was really from a place of just feeling like I just need to do everything myself and I just need to like do action and not like waste any time. But that actually was one of the worst decisions or the worst mindsets to have because I have realized how important it is not only with community building, but like even when you're talking about delegating responsibilities, right? Like you have to put trust in others. And I thought at that time in my life, I have to put all the trust in me. Yeah. So I just wanted to shine light on that and how much my mindset and perspective has changed since you first sent that text. And looking back on it, it brings me so much gratitude that you even initiated that. And to think, you know, by the time this rolls out, that'll be this will almost be two years ago and how much growth we both have had in that time since. What was the date on that again? April 14, 2022. Wow. My mom's is, birthday. Your mom's birthday? Yeah. Epic. 
Wow. So epic. And and how crazy also is it that we do have that meeting now. We literally, <laughs> you come to the run club, we see each other for two hours a week. Yeah. And it's like, that is an example of just us staying in contact and checking in with each other and seeing how we're doing. And maybe it's not as direct one-on-one. And also that's still open for you to this day. Like I would love to have a one-on-one meeting with you for one hour where we just go deep and we just like, how much better would we both be Mm. if we did that? And so let's do that if you're interested, if you want to. So sign me up. Let's sign go. me up. Let's go. Two years later, I'm back. Let's take it. I'm, I should have just, I should have followed up on the text the other day. Yo, I'm still down. Are you in? <laughs> like reply to, to this it? conversation. <laughs> reply. <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, you know, that speaks to your own growth and that speaks to just understanding that, you know, I saw in you the same thing I see today. If like, oh, this is someone who is so similar to me and shout out Harry Remler mm. for, for noticing that in both of us, I remember him saying to me before we met, you got to check out this dude, Bobby. And Same I thing. know that he also said something similar to you about me. And so like, shout out Harrison for yeah, understanding Harry humans Remler, at a deep level. Yeah, he will, he will hear this episode. I know that for sure. And he probably is sending us a group text uh, at, saying that he just heard the app. So there's no surprise there, but absolutely. Um, Wow. Yeah. Just, it warms our heart just thinking about those moments. Um, and just even just where we were at, like re-listening to those episodes a few weeks ago is just like, man, so much growth in just two years amount of time. And honestly, when Kate and I had decided we were moving to Austin, you were one of the first people that I thought about of like, wow, I'm, I'm actually gonna be able to build a deeper relationship with Danny now living in the city. And Right when I got here, I was like, Danny, I'm here. Let me know what's happening. You're like, this run club every Tuesday. I was like, calendar marked, count me in. I'm, I'm going to be there. And it's been, dude, it's been such a welcoming invite in the city. And, um, you know, you, I, I've been telling people, I don't think I've told you, like I've been using the running club as like a men's dating lead magnet. And so I'll get into the run and I'll meet a couple of guys, we'll exchange numbers. And then there's like a follow-up and yeah, it's, it's been so welcoming and so warm to, to be part of this community out here, man. You've, you've really attracted some really great men and uh, just makes you feel right at home, man, in a very short period of time. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, it's like you work on your own energy and you work on your own insecurities and you remove as many of those as you can and then you become more free and you become more love. And as a result of that, the people that come into your life are going to be that too. Yeah. And so if I am the the magnet for saying like, okay, all these people that come, you know, let's say a, a huge percentage of them are going to be also interested in media or interested in becoming more free or interested in just being good energy. It's like, if you are the magnet for that, then like, that's the most amazing thing in the world where you can introduce other people who know each other, but just by virtue of you existing. And so it warms my heart to hear that you've made friends by virtue of of coming to the run club. And it's so exciting. And I think like, what an amazing thing to shoot for. If you're in the 2019 version of myself, it's like, you have it within you right now to, if you remove these things that are holding you back, you can be the thing that helps other people in ways you don't even know. Yeah. So it's the, it's it's the container that you're creating for others based solely because of who you've become. It's allowed them to access this. And there's like this understanding that everyone there is thinking the same way on the same path, even if it's different industries. It's just like 
pushing yourselves to see what you can become, who you can become. And yeah, it's, it's been so welcoming, man, truly. Um, with this episode being the first one of 2024, which I absolutely love. I didn't even realize that until about 30 minutes before starting this episode. I was like, yes, 2024, we're here. Um, what's a word that you're going to live by for the next 12 months? <laughs> Epic. Um, I'm going to really tap into freedom. I, knew I it. really. <laughs> I really think freedom is the word of the year. There's just an expansion of freedom that I'm so excited to to tap into because it's like what's so beautiful about life is that when you have this feeling of like, I am in a, such a different place than I was 12 months ago. I'm in such a different place personally than I was in six months ago. And when you tap into that and realize like, oh, there are levels to it. And what else don't I see that if I can remove or I can step into, like it can create an entirely new paradigm. To me, that's so exciting. Yeah. And the best thing too, I know about you, Danny, is that even though this episode doesn't go live for three weeks or so, you're not waiting for that new year to make the change, no. right? Yeah. Like that's the tough thing about the new year time is I get it. I love that. It's like motivation for people, but I so much encourage when after January has come and we're in February and March give yourself that permission to recognize and realize something needs to change and just do it and don't overthink it and don't feel that you need a new calendar year. You need a new month. All you truly need is a new day to be like, this is it. I'm, I'm changing this. I'm redirecting. And I also love the fact that you said, I am giving myself permission to say no. Yeah. And really, once again, being someone who loves time is like really giving yourself the freedom to be more free and only doing the things that align with you, which then generates more inner peace because you're not having regret and you're not feeling resentment because you said yes to something and you're, you're actually only doing the things that truly, truly excite you. I think too, like people like me and you, we are so, we want everyone to have a good time. We yeah. want to spread love. We know we're capable of spreading love. So it's easy, you know, when someone who, calls you who you're like, this person is going to be an energy drain, but maybe I can give them love. It's easy to please that person in that moment. But do you have the comfortability with yourself to say, no, I don't want to go down this route. I don't want, this is going to suck me to a place of, of hurting myself, of making myself not feel whole, which is going to impact the rest of my day. So I'm not, I'm, I'm going to say no to this call. Like, do you have that for people like me and you, I think it's really important because our tendency is to want to please everyone, but yeah. you can't. Yeah. I think we also have to recognize that although we have these phones on us and we can be communicating with 24 seven, that doesn't mean we have to be available 24 seven. I yes. am unapologetic about my phone boundaries and like, I will full stop texting someone back, even if we're in the middle of the conversation because I'm at dinner or it's time for Kate and I to like relax for the evening. Like, I will go full stop without even missing a beat because I've just created these boundaries in my life. And I, I, I hope that maybe this singular segment will give people the permission to create the damn boundary in their lives because when you create those boundaries, it allows you to just be more free. Honestly, be more free to become who you want to be, do the thing you want to do, not feel the need to please the person because they're calling you as well. It's just so damn important, man. How have you gotten better at that? 
at, at phone boundaries. Yeah. I just recognize like when is the right time and when's the wrong time. So you more often than not will not get a text back from me or a call before noon, uh, Monday through Friday, because that's my deep work time is early mornings. Um, you will not likely hear back on a text, voice memo, phone call past probably 6 or 7 p.m. If you do, you're one of the real ones. Um, I just I just recognize that in this world, we're always going to be constantly getting pulled in a million different directions. And if I do not create the line in the sand, my energy is going to be pulled in all these different directions. And it's in the best interest of not only myself, but for others that I draw that line in the sand because then I can show up as a better version to them. And yeah, I just, there's so much that I want to do in this world and it's, it's going to be impossible without these boundaries. Like I recently was thinking about it the other day as someone that, you know, I carve out these strict focus sprints. I get a lot done in a two hour sprint. I'm like, there's someone else out there right now that is a high level operator that does deep work, but like never gets the chance to dive in for more than 30 minutes. They have a 10 minute window here. They have a 30 minute window there, maybe a 40 minute window. Like we would all be so much more free if we could just create the damn boundaries in our life. Yeah. And it's counterintuitive too, because you're like, well, if I create this boundary, then I'm not going to be free to respond at this time. Yeah. Well, but it actually makes you more free in that moment to express yourself as you truly are. Yeah. The one question I always ask myself, um, like I I don't check texts in the morning, emails. I will check checks to make sure it's not an emergency. My mom, my dad, a sister or family. But a lot of times what I ask myself is, does this need my response right now or can it wait? And 99% of the times it can wait, which then I just wait. I focus on the day's priorities. And then when I've kind of gotten to that part of my day where um, I've depleted my energy of focus, I'm kind of just like done with the deep work. And now it's more of like, secondary task and, you know, doing the things that don't need, you know, for me to be all in, that's when I'll respond. That's when I'll get back to people. So I think also that's just a great question for people is, can this wait? And even if it's a phone call out of the blue, like I I will ask myself, is this the right time? And if it's not, can it wait? Because I know, oh, I haven't talked to Danny in six months. Wait a second. I'm about to walk into this coffee shop. I'm going to wait and then I'll call him back. So that's kind of how I've operated on it. Yeah, that, that's very helpful. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. In closing, I would love for you to put a challenge out there for those listening right now as they wrap up listening to this episode. I've always been a big fan of ending the episodes with a challenge, but I know that is also a Danny Miranda special cue. Of course it is. Uh, so no better better way to end this episode than, than putting a challenge out there for those that are finishing this episode. It's the beginning of the new year if they're just listening in. Um, what's one challenge you have for the listeners? I would say... I would challenge everyone to talk to a stranger today and really do your best to be present with them, listen to them, and try to view life from their perspective. Mm. I love that, man. Talk to the stranger, see where the conversation leads. Where can people connect with you? How can they best support you? At Hey Danny Miranda on Twitter is probably the best place to find me. And the Danny Miranda podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. yes. I recommend episode 216 to start with, but that's just me. (laughs) Tune is all horror. That was when I was on his show. 
Uh, I will have that all linked up below. Danny, I told you this on the end of the episode that you were on for me, but you are one pure individual and it has been such an honor and joy to see all of what you've been up to for the last couple of years from afar, but more so now the fact living and being in Austin and being able to directly physically be part of these experiences with you and just see the growth has been honestly just so, so inspirational. And I think subconsciously you have been, you have played such a role in me getting back into this podcast. And there was something I was like, I'm going to get back into the new year. I'm going to wait for everything to line up. No, fuck that. We're going to do it now. And, and here we are. And I just have so much love for you, man. And yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for just being who you are and honestly being a light for others. It's, uh, this has been such a, such a beautiful conversation, man. Likewise. I can't retweet that enough. And I appreciate you so much for being you. You give me inspiration, hope, and um, I'm continuing to, I can't wait to continue to just be in your presence often. And I'm so excited to potentially have a one hour meeting yes. on my calendar every it's week. Done. To talk to you. It's already done. It's making it happen. No questions asked. That's the biggest <laughs> takeaway from this episode for me. Oh my God. That And that, think about how much that will add value to both of our lives mm. and and how much we'll grow from that. So. Yeah. What a special thing. No better way to kick off the new year, I'll tell you that. For sure. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Bearded Man Podcast.